everybody. Welcome to the Kingdom Project Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Joseph Sanchez, alongside Ernie Hernandez, my brother. Hi, Joseph. Hi, everyone. So excited for this podcast and uh, just so glad to be able to be here together and continue on the Kingdom Project. Definitely, definitely. So honored and privileged to be here to co-labor with you in this message that we've been moving into and and working on, um, the imminent return of Christ, the prophecy of the kingdom. Um, There's so many facets of it, and it's very, very deep. And the conversation we were having before we went on air is, you know, we want to be sensitive to the Spirit, um, guiding us and leading leading us. Um, We have this responsibility, especially for our listeners, um, we want to be sensitive to the material we're putting out and, and, and to, to v- be very, very sensitive to what spirit is, is, is telling us and, and guiding us. So, and as always, we thank you so much to the listeners to uh, tuning in. It's, it's because of your support, you sharing this podcast, um, and giving us feedback. It, it's just, it's invaluable to Ernie and I, Yes, and we love you all for it. Um, so just kind of a recap, um, we were in Matthew 24 and 25, and as you can see, as we dive deeper, there are connections between the book of Daniel, Matthew 24 and 25, and Revelation. So if you listen to our prior series, we can see that we talked about um, the kingdom of God coming to earth which is Jesus himself, the person, and the kingdom is within us. And so um, it, it first starts out in his parables where he talks about the appearance, the reality, and the manifestation. And so we're going to keep diving deeper into it. Um, we're going we're gonna to talk about the book of Daniel, the book of Revelation. And so... It's, it's so deep, and I think, I'm not sure if it's this episode, Ernie, are we going to dive into the economy of God? Yes. Okay, perfect. Yes, it is. Well, I don't know about you listeners, but I'm excited to learn a little bit more about that, um, because it's very, very um, broad in definition, I guess. So. Yeah, maybe you could express what you were sharing with me about what what you think of when you hear yeah the phrase the economy of god yeah so typically like um you know as a you know a baby christian i'm still growing in the lord and and you know uh trying to learn as much as i can um so when i hear about the economy of god i immediately want to think about finance or money you know stuff like that um you never think about family and stuff like that you just think about you know the economy okay how you know how's the economy going are we in a recession or is it you know um, right booming you know we just our natural instinct is 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 that we want to go to that so Mm -hmm. um to learn more about what a supernatural economy looks like is exciting to me (laughs) good good And, and you know um uh, sometimes people might think of business, you know, mm. uh, because of economy. Exactly. Um, but uh, certainly that's included. 
um, that is one um, aspect of it, okay? But um, I wanted to just kind of clarify something, first of all, that I don't see you as a baby Christian. <laughs> Thank you. Um, maybe when we first met, yeah. you were still in the beginning stage of the kingdom growth process, which is believership. But you have stepped stepped into you know the next dimension of kingdom growth, which is discipleship, mm. uh, which is a whole different focus. And we certainly have a, a disciple's heart, mm. uh, where the scripture says to um, ask, seek, and knock. Um, the asking represents believership, and the focus of believership, which is mainly on our own personal needs, right. Uh, but you you advanced into discipleship, which has to do with seeking, mm. and so seeking the kingdom of God and His righteousness, of course. Right, right. Um, and so your pursuit is after reality, mm. truth. Uh, so it's a different focus. Yeah. Um, and and then the third one goes to um, uh, sonship, which in sonship. It also shifts to another focus, which has to do with knocking. Mm -hmm. um, and it's uh, focusing more on the rewards, okay, of sonship, which has to do with righteousness. And uh, the, the kingdom, of course, uh, is uh, about uh, a location or a place which is basically... God's kingdom, mm. which actually isn't a location or a place, it's a realm, right, right. you know, mm -hmm. um, but also uh, it's about a lifestyle, yeah. you know, so maturity yeah. comes in as you grow and you develop more in the area of sonship to be a producer. Yeah. Uh, and so there's so many things that we're going to look at as we pursue uh, the imminent return of Christ, because that's his focus. And and really, uh, what I'm describing about the kingdom growth process has to do with the economy of God. Wow, okay. That is one part of it as well. Uh, it's our part. So we'll look at it as we go through the book of Daniel. But um, um, let me begin, uh, if we will, with... Uh, just making a couple of statements, okay, as we look at kind of focusing a little bit at in the book of Daniel, mm -hmm. okay. Um, so the book of Daniel is very short, okay. It has a lot of main points in it. Um, it speaks of a lot of events and people, okay. It, it really has a lot of spiritual lessons mm -hmm. in the book of Daniel, okay. But I think uh, beyond and, and uh, really behind everything, within ev everything that it touches is God's economy. Okay, so the expression God's economy, you can't find it in the book of Daniel. <laughs> so don't go looking for it, okay? It's not found anywhere um, in the book of Daniel, okay? And it's not even found in the Old Testament. Wow. Okay, but never, nevertheless, the mystery of God's economy is revealed in the book of Daniel. Mm. And of course, it's revealed all over, but 
specifically in the book of Daniel. That's why we want to take time to look at it. Right. Okay. So the book of Daniel really covers five main points. Okay. Five main points. And this is not a traditional kind of uh, breakdown or background of the book of Daniel because we're talking about really the centrality of God's economy, okay? So the book of Daniel covers five main points. Number one, the death of Christ. Number two, the upcoming appearing of Christ. Number three, the Son of Man who comes to the throne of God and receives dominion and a kingdom. I'll go over them again, okay? And number four, Christ as the companion of the suffering witnesses of God. Mm -hmm. okay. And then number five is the excellency of Christ. Wow. Number one, the death of Christ. Number two, the upcoming appearing of Christ, which we're talking about the imminent return of Christ. The Son of Man who comes to the throne of God to receive dominion and a kingdom. Number four, Christ as the companion of the suffering witnesses of God. And then the final one is the excellency of Christ. Can you repeat number four again? Number four is Christ as the companion of the suffering witnesses of God. Wow. Okay. So Christ is, he's basically the center of God's economy. Okay. Okay. Not only the center of God's economy, but you, as you know, he's the center of the universe. Mm -hmm. Okay. He has universality. He's not just the center of God's economy, as we're going to find out, but he's the center of the universe. Okay. God's economy is for Christ to be the center, universal in God's move. Cosmic. Okay. Cosmic, yeah. And, and you know, I, I'm not saying something new. I may be saying it in a new way, but it helps us receive a brand new perspective and enlightens us, okay? And maybe adds or enhances or makes it more complete, mm. okay? What we've been given foundationally. Reminds me of a uh, Richard Rohr book I read. <laughs> Uh-huh. The Universal Christ. Wow. <laughs> yeah. It's funny you say universal, you know, universal Christ. Mm -hmm. Christ in all, you know. Right. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yeah, Richard Rohr is a great, great author. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I have a couple of his books. Yeah. They, they blow me out oh, of the man. water. He's deep thinker, for sure. Yeah. So what is primary is this, his economy, his plan, and his arrangement is that God desires Christ to be the center okay, of his move on earth. Mm. So that's at the core of the economy of God. We've, we've got to embrace that, really absorb that. Okay, That at the core of God's economy is Christ being central okay, to the move of God mm. on the earth. Okay, Not just heaven, but on the earth. Okay? Okay. So now, 
Daniel 9, 26. Okay. Let's look at that verse. Um, because it's important to kind of highlight the five main points of the book of Daniel. That's what we're doing right now. We just highlighted the first one. Right. Right. Okay. Which is about Christ being central. Right. The second one is about Christ's crucifixion or okay. his death. Okay. So 926? Yes. And after the 62 weeks, an anointed one shall be cut off and shall have nothing. And the people of the prince who is to come shall destroy the city and the sanctuary. Its end shall come with a flood, and to the end there shall be war. Desolations are decreed, and he shall make a strong covenant with many for one week, and for half of the week he shall put an end to sacrifice and offering. And on the wing of abomination shall come one who makes desolate until the decreed end is poured out on the desolator. Okay, so we read that last podcast and identified the Antichrist, right, right, as the desolator and the one who's going to come to destroy Jerusalem, the abomination, right, the desolation, uh, the abomination of the desolation or the desolator. Um, and we, we left off there. And so we're picking up there because that verse in, in Daniel 9.26 is talking not just about the Antichrist, but it starts out first talking about the Christ, mm. the Messiah. Right. Where it says, uh, after the 62 weeks, the Messiah will be cut off. Yeah, the anointed one. The anointed the, one. The Messiah. That's Messiah. Messiah. Anointed one. That's what Messiah means. Right. It says he will be cut off. What does your translation say? Be cut off. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So one of the greatest achievements of Christ in his first appearing, okay, that we're looking at, this is in Daniel, mm. okay, was to terminate the whole creation, to put an end to the old creation. Mm. Okay, that's what his death did. It terminated the old, the creation, old creation, okay? And so in the termination, okay, there's something rising up, and that is Christ's resurrection. Mm. So there's a lot more that happened at the death of the Messiah or the Christ, right, okay, right. than maybe what we've been told or realized. Yeah, or sometimes okay. we stop right there where we say, you know, Christ died for our sins, you know, and then what? Yeah. We've got to talk about the resurrection. Yes. Okay. So... A key verse, okay, if you want a key verse to meditate on, okay, okay is 1 Corinthians 15, 45. <clears throat> Why don't you read that verse? Look okay. that verse up, okay? Because in his resurrection, Christ became a life-giving spirit to enliven to germinate and to regenerate some of those in the old creation to become the new creation. Wow. Read the, the scripture there, brother. That's going to take a cup of, <laughs> cup of tea and a long walk, yeah. there, Ernie. <laughs> yeah, it is. 
Okay, so uh, 1 Corinthians 15.45, Thus it is written, The first man, Adam, became a living being. The last Adam became a life-giving spirit. Okay, so the first Adam became a living being or a living soul. Soul, yeah. Okay, but the second Adam or the last Adam, which is Christ, became a life-giving spirit. When did he become a life-giving spirit? At resurrection. resurrection. Where he breathed on his disciples. Yes. Okay. Where he's going to breathe after his resurrection on his right. disciples after he comes back. Yeah. And that and has he like breathes Eden. on yeah. them. That's that Eden Im imagery, right? It's like yes. going back to Eden. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, the first man, Adam, became a living soul. The last, Adam, became a life-giving spirit. So the new creation begins with the believers as God's sons and Christ's members of his body. Okay, So this body will grow and eventually it's going to consummate into the new Jerusalem in mm -hmm. Revelations 21 and 22. Wow. The end of the book pictures the new Jerusalem. Right. So the new creation that's beginning with believers as God's children or sons, uh, members are members of his body, the body of Christ. Mm. Okay, And that body is going to continue to grow, and eventually it's going to consummate. Mm. It's going to be completed in the new Jerusalem. Wow. So hold on to that picture. Okay, that vision, because that's part of the economy of God. Okay. And what he's doing in the earth. Okay, with me and with you, with believers, with the body of Christ. That's why growth and development yeah. is so important right. for us to cooperate and participate in. I just got this picture of like this bodybuilder getting ready for competition. Yeah. You know, Venice Beach, you know? Yes. He needs that growth to compete. Yes. <laughs> mm. For him to call, you know, the culmination of his competition, you know, is to win. Yes. Is to be victorious. <laughs> that's, that's the picture right there. <laughs> totally. You're right. Okay. So that was point number two, speaking about Christ's death. Mm -hmm. Number three the second coming of Christ. So we saw the first coming, okay, and his death. Now the second coming of Christ is pictured and mentioned in Daniel chapter 2, verse 35, with this strange image that Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, built, and all of its symbolism and significance about the whole history of mankind, the governments of mm. man, kingdoms, right. okay, represented by the different pieces of the statue, the image that he right, fashioned right. of himself. <laughs> but go ahead. Would you, would you read uh, 35? 235 says, wait, you said 235? Yes. Yeah, 235. Then the iron, the clay, the bronze, the silver, and the gold all together were broken in pieces and became like the chaff of 
the summer threshing floors, and the wind carried them away, so that not a trace of them could be found. But the stone that struck the image became a great mountain and filled the whole earth. Wow. That's good news. It is. Okay. Because in the second coming of Christ, um, we're going to see that, you know, the old creation's been terminated, okay? Mm. But outwardly, the world is still the same. Don't we admit that's what's yeah, happening today? Yeah, it's happening now. Even yeah. though Christ came and he died and he resurrected, he terminated the old creation so that believers could experience and step into the new creation. Okay, it it germinated everything when he mm. gave his life up and died like a, a, a kernel of wheat that falls into the ground and dies. Right. Um, if if it you know um, if it doesn't die it it abides alone. But if it dies, it produces much wow. fruit, many sons. He came to die to bring many sons to glory. Man, such a great principle. Right? Of, you know, the principle of death. We have to die in order to see the full growth. Yeah. And, and so we're seeing this in Daniel 2:35, where this great mountain that fills the whole earth comes okay, up from a stone that struck the image okay, on the feet and literally defeated all other kingdoms of mm. the world. Okay. Which is a great, that's a great encouragement to yeah. us to know that our kingdom, that we belong to the kingdom of God, that we're citizens of, is going to destroy all other all kingdoms. Those. Amen. Right? Yep. It takes a kingdom to destroy a kingdom. And, <laughs> and so look at Daniel 2.44. Go down to verse 44. And in the days of those kings, the God of heaven will set up a kingdom that shall never be destroyed, nor shall the kingdom be left to another people. It shall break in pieces all these kingdoms and bring them to an end, and it shall stand forever. Wow. Hallelujah. Amen. Let's just have a Selah right now. That's it. <laughs> and just thank God, because that is more than just encouraging. That shows us, you know, the value of the kingdom mm. that we're being invited into and that we are being established in. Yeah, we set our hope in. Yes. Yeah. And um, so even though the, the old creation has been terminated, the world is still the same. So there's a need for Christ's second coming to come to clear up the entire universe hmm. physically and materially that still exists today that need so he took care of everything spiritually hmm. it's already done it's already completed he already sowed and germinated the new creation and the body of believers hmm. are experiencing the life of that new creation, okay, of the kingdom mm -hmm. here on earth. We get to taste of the powers of the age to come, wow. which we mentioned last podcast. We only get to taste <laughs> a little bit, right. okay, of the powers of the age to come, which is the age of the kingdom. Right. 
Okay, but nevertheless, when it comes to full consummation, is when Christ comes back on the earth physically, right? And he's going to take care of everything and clear up. He's, you know, if you're wondering why hasn't God clean, cleaned up this mess and taken care of everything that's wrong, he will. He's going to. <laughs> but he doesn't want any to perish. That's why it seems like he's slow. He wants all to come to the fullness, fullness yeah. and salvation, right? And not be lost. Mm. So he's waiting for us to be ready. Such a merciful God. Right? Yes. Say that again. Such a merciful God. He is a merciful Amen. God. Yeah. And that's what I was sitting in this morning yeah. as God spoke to me. Blessed are the merciful, mm. for they shall receive mercy. Amen. And he reiterated it to me that his mercies are brand new every mm. morning. Ooh. You gave me chills. <laughs> I, I received a fresh yeah. endowment of mercy from God Amen. today. And God wants me to extend it to you mm. because I've received much mercy the correct response is to give mercy mm. to others so receive the mercy of the Lord today in your life mm. because it's rich and it is new and fresh every single day Wow! where would I be if it wasn't for his mercy right I would be completely lost. lost yeah. I would be totally undone. I would have no hope. Mm. There would be no hope for me. But for his mercy. That is rich. It's rich mercy, mm. man. I was reminded, be merciful to others. Because of the law of mercy, we studied it. When mm. we studied the Beatitudes. Right. You either need mercy... Or you need to give mercy. Right. So Lord, have mercy. Yes. And if you're struggling, even as you're listening to the podcast, okay, with the issue of God's, you know, forgiveness, his mercy, his love for you. You know, he's been merciful to me even when I was bad, right. especially when I was bad. But he's merciful to me even though I'm good sometimes. Yeah. Okay? It doesn't matter. It's just his love is so deep. Mm. He just keeps pouring it out. And so that's why for a person who's received a lot of mercy from God, you know, you give a lot of mercy. Share You're supposed to anyway, yeah. right? And I'm extending that to you. I believe God wanted me to share that with somebody that's going Amen. to be listening. You did not exhaust the mercy of God in your life. I don't care what you've done. Yeah. I don't care how dark it may seem. Yeah. It doesn't matter how big or whatever trap you may feel you're in. Mm. It's not too big for the Lord, for his mercy. That's why he said, learn this, learn this lesson that I love mercy more than sacrifice. Wow. 
(laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. I think that deserves a Seva, man. That's so encouraging. Yeah. I hope our listeners receive that because I sure did. Yeah. I did too. And and I fe- yeah. I, I I felt it literally and I I heard it in the in the frequency of heaven this mm. morning. God speaking to release more mercy. Speak mercy. Release mercy over people. Not just Christians. Because mm-hmm. Christians need it too. Okay. But everyone needs the mercy of God. Amen. All people in different circumstances and situations they find themselves in, desperate, mm-hmm. crisis, you know, things that are consequences that they've, you know, brought on themselves for what, but the mercy of God, mm-hmm. it overcomes the judgment of God. It triumphs over judgment. Yeah. Amen. His mercy triumphs mm-hmm. over, we deserve judgment, but he gives us mercy. mercy. Hallelujah. <laughs> he doesn't give us what we deserve. Instead, he blesses us daily. Man, we're rich. We're wealthy in God. Amen. And we don't even know it. Yeah. Um, but so as we look at this, uh, there's a need for Christ's second coming. Uh, to terminate human government. Mm. See, we put all our confidence and trust in the governments today in the world, and they're not going to bring the solutions <laughs> and yeah. the answers. Yeah. But there is a government that's higher. Yeah. That we are established in and that we have been invited into to operate in and to function in and to enjoy and experience. That's the kingdom that we belong to. That is the kingdom of Christ. All of them are coming to submit to him, to bow. Every knee will bow, every tongue will confess that Christ is Lord. Lord Amen. Lord of all. That's it. That's the government I want. Right? Yeah. And so Christ will come as the stone cut out with hands to crush the great human image from the toes to the head. That's the statue of Nebuchadnezzar in Daniel chapter 2. In his coming as such a stone, he will crush Antichrist with the ten toes. Hmm. However, he's not coming by himself. Who's he coming with? He's, he's going to come with his bride. Ooh. Here comes the bride. (laughs) (laughs) Glorious wedding time. Now, obviously, that's a symbol of the church. Yes. Correct? Okay. Yeah. The bride of Christ. The bride. He's coming with his bride. So, his second coming, he's coming to judge. Yes. He gives... The church, the authority to judge. Yes. Wow. With him. Yes. Who who are they judging? The world? Yeah. And angels. And believers? No. Okay. The judgment seat of, of Christ takes care of believers. Mm. Okay. So before his coming, he's going to have a wedding. 
He's going to unite with his overcomers. Wow. They're going to become one. They're going to get married. Okay. Read Revelations 19, okay. 7 through 9. Let us rejoice and exult and give him the glory. For the marriage of the Lamb has come, and his bride has made herself ready. It was granted her to clothe herself with fine linen, bright and pure. For the fine linen is the righteous deeds of the saints. And the angel said to me, Write this, Blessed are those who are invited to the marriage supper of the Lamb. And he said to me, These are the true words of God. Then I fell down at his feet to worship him. But he said to me, You must not do that. I am a fellow servant with you and your brothers who hold to the testimony of Jesus. Worship God, for the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. Wow. So in, in verse 11, it says, Now I saw heaven opened, and behold, a white, a white horse. horse. And he who sat on him was called Faithful and True. And in righteousness, he judges and makes war. Who's that? It's Christ. It's Christ. In verse 14, it says, And the armies in heaven, clothed in fine linen, white and clean, followed him on white horses. Who is that? It's the church. It's the bride. It's the church. It's his overcomers. Wow. That will come back with him to rule and reign a thousand years on the earth. Now, is this physically? Physically okay. on the earth. Wow. Okay. I, hang, hang in with me, okay? <laughs> and, and so, Revelation says, Let us be glad and rejoice and give Him glory, for the marriage of the Lamb has come. If you do a study on the Lamb, you know, you find out who the Lamb is, you mm -hmm. know. The Lamb of God is Christ. Right. Okay? And His wife has made herself ready. The bride. Yes. Okay, just like a bride does here, has made herself ready for the wedding. Okay? And so, to her it was granted to be arrayed or dressed in fine linen, clean and bright. For the fine linen is the righteous acts of the saints. Oh my mm. goodness. Can we, we, we could just park right there. Okay. Don't tell me it doesn't make a difference what kind of lifestyle you live. Right, right, yeah. yeah. <sighs> because we have to be dressed for the wedding. Or we're not going to get in. That uh, one statement there will sober you up real quick. <laughs> <laughs> we could preach kingdom all we want, but if we're not living that character and that lifestyle, I mean... Yes. Man. And, and that's the kingdom um culture uh, character that mm. you're speaking about right, right. okay not not man's standards and opinions you know and what we've been shown or right. taught okay it's deeper right and so um he said to he said to uh, the uh to john who's listening to this okay the apostle john write 
Blessed are those who are called to the marriage supper of the Lamb. And he said to me, these are the true sayings of God. Mm -hmm. Okay, so Daniel 2 speaks of Christ coming as a stone cut out with hands. Revelations 19 speaks of Christ coming as the one who has his bride as his army. It's a warrior bride. Wow. <laughs> Which points back to uh, Ephesians, right? Yes. Seven aspects of the, the right. church. Yeah. Yes. Oh, you're a good student, Ooh. Joseph. You're right. Yeah. So now you get the imagery yes. that we're being given. Yes. Okay. The yes. pictures, yes. if you will. Yes. We have to be able to see the pictures. Right. And it's so important to read the whole Bible as a whole. As a Man, whole. I'm really seeing that now as I grow. It's one big. Right. One big quilt. Yeah, like one big it, quilt. One big, big quilt. We're putting the pieces together. It, they're all coming you know? together because yeah. the Holy Spirit is directing us with the flying eagle anointing mm. to receive revelation wow. that has not been revealed revealed before. Right. And now it's being, because it's unsealed, the scrolls <laughs> that were, they were sealed by Daniel. In yeah. Daniel's days, they were sealed, right. scrolls. But in our day, they're unsealed. They're unsealed, right, right, because of Christ. Ooh. So you you see them in Revelations, see, yeah. And we <laughs> talked about the intensification of the culmination. Of, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's all getting bigger. Ooh. It's you're right, culminating. Like you said in Revelation, it's it, it, it's magnified. Yes, it's magnified. magnified. It's intensified. It's accumulating. It's consuming. We're coming into that. We have stepped into that. Mm. Yeah, it, it's yeah, it's amazing. Um, so we need to also talk about Christ as the son of man receiving dominion and a kingdom. Okay. Okay. That's another one of the main points of the book of Daniel. We haven't right. even got through the main points yet. <laughs> so we're going to have to get really in depth to the economy of God in the next podcast. We're barely scratching the surface right now, but we're laying a foundation. Okay. Okay. Uh, to have understanding about the whole book of Daniel, because each book in the Bible has a message specific, okay. divinely arranged. Okay. Many times we don't catch it because we just pull scriptures out. Right, right. But we need to understand the whole message of yes. the content of that book. What is God trying to tell us? What is God speaking to us mm. there? So That's good. why we need to take time to do that. Yeah. yeah so, uh, Daniel 7 verses 13 and 14 Daniel 7 verses 13 and 14 it says I saw in the night visions and behold with the clouds of heaven there came one like a son of man and he came to the ancient of days and was presented before him and to him was given dominion and glory and a kingdom that all peoples nations and languages should serve him his dominion is an everlasting dominion which shall not pass away, and his kingdom one that shall not be destroyed. Whew. Hallelujah. Right? This is in the book of <laughs> Daniel. And and it's picturing Christ who's going to receive his kingdom, okay, and rulership and dominion over all the kingdoms. Wow. Um, it reveals that now that Christ as the Son of Man is before the throne of God to receive dominion and a kingdom, 
He's making all the preparations to come back to rule over the entire world with God's kingdom. He's coming back. The end time Jesus is not going to look like the Jesus who first came. He's coming back like a lion, my brother. <laughs> He's coming back like a lion. <laughs> my God. Yeah, yeah. it's amazing. Uh, you know, and and so we're we're seeing this being pictured here in the book of Daniel and uh, understanding that the preparations are being made. Mm -hmm. We don't know how long it's going to take, okay? But there are many, many indicators okay. to help us pretty much tell maybe when it might happen, right, okay? Right. Not the exact day or the hour, but pretty, we can get pretty close. Right, and that's what Christ talks about in 24 and 25 is the yes. details. Yes. Pestilence, earthquakes. Right, signs. Wars. Yes. yes. Rumors of wars. Okay. Yeah, so much there, okay? So um, we want to finish. Uh, I think this is the um, number four. I think we're on the fourth main point. What was we, number four? We are, we are on, so we just did Son of Man. Number four is Christ as the companion of the suffering witnesses yes. of God. So number four. Yeah, that's the one I want to listen okay. to. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so you remember the story of Shadrach, Meshach, Shadrach. and Abednego? Yeah, definitely. A very famous story, right? Yes. About how Daniel's buddies get thrown in the furnace mm. that's heated seven times hotter because they wouldn't bow down to Nebuchadnezzar's yeah. statue. Right. Right? And so these three men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they fell down bound in the midst of the burning fiery furnace thrown in there by Nebuchadnezzar's men. Okay? King Nebuchadnezzar, he was astonished and he rose and said to all of his advisors and counselors, didn't we cast three men bound into the midst of the fire? <laughs> and they answered, yes, you're right, king. And he said, look, I see four men loose walking in the midst of the fire, and they are not hurt. And the form of the fourth is like the Son of God. Wow. Which is Christ. Which is Christ. Yeah. In the fiery furnace. With the other three. When I read that, I don't know why I always thought it was Daniel. No. Daniel was not there. He was not there. Yeah. No. Okay. He was off fasting. Right. Praying, seeking the Lord. Right, right. <laughs> Which is a picture. Yeah. Sometimes you want to stay out of the fire. That's it, yeah. Stay in your prayer closet <laughs> a little longer. <laughs> <Yeah>. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. But uh, don't take that as a formula, okay? Yeah, but. Yeah. So while, while the Lord's preparing to come back with the kingdom, he's also the companion of God's suffering people. Mm. We see that in Daniel 3, 23 through 25. We were just looking at the picture, okay, what took place. You can read it for yourself there. But because of the wrong government, God's people are in the furnace. Wow. Because of the wrong government, the people of God are in the furnace. Mm. But Christ is with them. 
Christ is with us, even in our suffering, Thank God. even in the fire. He's with us. He's that fourth person that shows up in our suffering, whatever you're suffering going through. That's why we need mercy. Yeah. Because we're suffering through a lot. We're going through a lot. But do you know, and people do not teach this, Joseph, that Paul said, through many afflictions, you enter into the kingdom of God. So it's, it's, a, it's like a prerequisite. It's a requirement. That's how you enter. Yeah. We think it's just praying the prayer. We think it's because we study the Bible and we see and we get revelation and understand what the kingdom is. No, you have not entered yet. You're getting ready and you start to enter in. But what really brings you into the kingdom is what you suffer. Wow. The trials, the tribulation, the trouble. So much truth. The testing. That. Yeah. That gives us a different perspective on yeah, what we're going through. Definitely. Lord, why am I going through this? Because I'm trying to get you to come into the kingdom exactly. and get established in it. Oh, Amen. thank you, Lord. Yeah. I can thank you for this trial. Yes. I don't like it. I don't want it. But I know what it's going to produce. Mm. And so I can cooperate because you don't give me something I'm not able to handle. You're going to give me the grace I need to mm. go through this. Grace me to go through it. Yes. So that's encouraging. It is. All of this is in the book of Daniel, okay? That most people don't even realize is there and don't get the pictures. Right. It's a pic these are pictures from the Old Testament to connect with the New Testament mm -hmm. message that gives you a pure word. You want a pure word from God? A pure word, it comes as you're able to use both the old and the new, mm. right? Um, and begin to see things in context. Yes. So the last one is Christ and his excellence. And we'll stop here because we didn't get to go to yet describing and explaining the economy of God. I will. I promise you, Lord willing, that we will get there. Yeah. Okay. Revelations 10, 4 through 6. I love this verse. Revelations 10, 4 through 6 says... And when the seven thunders had sounded, I was about to write. I'm sorry. Okay. Oh, yeah. That's right. Go ahead. Okay. Yeah. I was about to write, but I heard a voice from heaven saying, Seal up what the seven thunders have said, and do not write it down. And the angel whom I saw standing on the sea and on the land raised his right hand to heaven and swore by him who lives forever and ever, who created heaven and what is in it the earth and what is in it, and the sea and what is in it, that there would be no more delay. Okay, I'm, I'm sorry. Uh, that's for another message, okay. the seven thunders, okay, and what was whispered or spoken. Um, it's, it's Daniel 10. Daniel sorry, 10, okay. Four through six. No worries. I said revelations, didn't I? But you I love did. that verse too. <laughs> yeah. I was like, man, there's so much imagery here. All right. The sea, the land, you know. <laughs> the thunder. The thunder. <laughs> Okay, so Daniel 10, 4 through 6. Yes, sorry. Okay, on the 24th day of the first month, as I was standing on the bank of the great river, that is the 
Tigris, I lifted up my eyes and looked, and behold, a man clothed in linen with a belt of fine gold from Euphaz mm-hmm. around his waist. Mm-hmm. His body was like beryl, his face like the appearance of lightning, his eyes like flaming torches, his arms and legs like the gleam of burnished bronze, and the sound of his words like the sound of a multitude. Wow. <laughs> yeah. And, and uh, verses 7 through 9. 7 through 9. And I, Daniel, alone saw the vision, for the men who were with me did not see the vision, but a great trembling fell upon them, and they fled to hide themselves. So I was left alone and saw this great vision, and no strength was left in me. My radiant appearance was fearfully changed, and I retained no strength. Then I heard the sound of his words, and I, as I heard the sound of his words, I fell on my face in a deep sleep with my face to the ground. Wow. No strength was left in me. Right. Now, so he had a revelation of yeah. Christ, Daniel. Way back in the day, okay, almost kind of describes like what Paul experienced mm-hmm. when he got knocked off of his horse, right, right. right? And he was blinded and he couldn't see. He could just hear the voice of Christ speaking to him. And, uh, and, and you know, every part of Christ is excellent and precious. He is the excellent one in the whole universe. Christ is um, the excellent one, he is the central, universal, right, economy of God. Mm. He's got to be in the middle of God's economy, okay? And uh, we, we need to understand that this Christ is so uh, awesome, so powerful, And when you look at the glorified Christ in Revelations, you can also read it in chapter 1, and you see how John described him, what he looked like, Mm -hmm. you know, with a two-edged sword coming out of his mouth and his eyes like flames of fire, you know. And I mean, it's kind of... He tried to use his own human words to express what he was seeing, you know. Yeah. Yeah. but the glorified Christ, again, is being pictured here. And that's why I said a lot of people misinterpret end-time Jesus. Mm-hmm. What's he going to look like when he comes back? Is he going to be like they show him in a lot of the paintings and artwork, you know? Yeah. Kind of soft and even almost a little feminine, you know? And <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> harmless, you yeah. know? A lamb. Yeah. But... He's coming, and when he returns, man, every knee will bow, every tongue will confess. He's getting down to business. And, and yes, and, and so the whole picture of what Daniel's describing, and uh, we're also starting to get glimpses of in Revelations, it has to be connected to Matthew 24 and 25 as we go through those deeper Okay, we can begin to understand why, right. you know, uh, we're experiencing what we're going through. And, you know, sometimes you will get revelations of Christ in your life. 
and they can uh, leave you sometimes feeling drained mm. uh, instead of feeling elated or feeling you know strong and I mean when you picture what happened when people actually had encounters uh, they weren't always jumping up and down for joy right they were trembling they were trembling weak weak yeah. yes and I think that's because he doesn't want us to rely on our own strength right you know like yeah. you said the picture yeah no. So we're we're going to end here with uh, this last point that okay. Christ, you know, and Daniel is pictured as excellent. Okay, and these are the five main points of what the book of Daniel is portraying and revealing to us. But there's so much more, mm. okay, because I really want us to grasp the whole economy of God throughout the whole Bible. It's not just in Daniel. It's not right. just in Revelations or in Matthew 24 and 25, but through the whole book. Okay. Because it's going to help us enter into the kingdom and get established in it. What's a good scripture that we can kind of study for the economy of God? Just uh, off the top of your head. Yeah. So we can start out with uh, Ephesians. Um, let's see here. Let me see what happens. Uh, yeah, Ephesians chapter 1, verse 10. Verse 10, okay. This is beginning to talk about the economy of God. This okay. is one of the verses that's key. Okay. okay. That in the dispensation of the fullness of the times, he might gather together in one all things in Ooh. Christ, both which are in heaven and which are on earth, earth. in him. Wow. That's a key verse so that good. we'll start with. That deserves a cup of tea and a long walk. Yeah. So that's everyone's homework, all of our listeners. Let's meditate on that and ask the Lord to open up our understanding. That's right. You know, so that's right. Yes. I do have another practical question for yes. you. It might be off topic. How do you know throughout your daily life if you, if, how do you know if you're in or out of the will of God? Okay, that's a, that's a great question. Yeah, yeah, um, and so we know that the will of God is the Word of God. First of all, actually, the will of God is a person. Mm. I don't think we teach that or tell people that. Um, but I didn't understand that till recently. That uh, when uh, the Lord's Prayer talks about. Um, Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That speaking about the will of God has to do with Christ. He is the will of God. Mm -hmm. Okay, so living Christ is the will of God. Does that make sense? Yeah, it's okay. like if you want to know the will, like kind of look at Jesus, right? Jesus yes, Christ. he is the will. He is the will of God because ways. he's the word of God. Right. Okay. And the word of God is the will of God. You want to know what God's will is? Look at his word. It tells you. Okay. So when you go to Romans 12, okay. okay. Romans 12, verse 1, 2. Okay. It says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, sacrifice. holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. 
And be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. Mm. Okay? So it's not three different kinds of wills of God. It's all the will of God that Paul is talking about and teaching about renew your mind mm. so that you can prove what the will of God is. The good will, acceptable will, the perfect will of God. Mm. All right? That's mm -hmm. a good place, okay, yeah. to park and meditate on. Yeah, definitely. Okay, because you come to know that God's will is good, first of all, mm. in your spirit. Then you get to know the acceptable will of God in your soul. And then you get to practice and live the perfect will of God in your flesh, in your body. Wow. <laughs> right? Yeah. It's, it's tripartite. Interconnected, yeah. Experience, right? And, and encounter and reality of the will of God. So we know that God's will is good, okay? And in your spirit, you come into that, okay? Because your spirit is already joined to God's spirit. So you you automatically know that the the goodwill of God, okay, is for you to be connected perpetually with him. Right. So that's how you know you're walking in his will. You first examine yourself and make sure you're connected okay to God's spirit, but not only spirit to spirit, but also your soul needs to be connected with the spirit. As long as your soul is connected to your spirit, your body will live blameless. Mm. Wow. We don't believe we can live a perfect life or a blameless life. We're, we're, we're told you're imperfect, you can't live a perfect life. You're a sinner. So we lowered the standard already what God said, be perfect because I'm perfect. Mm. Because the perfection of God is not, God's not dealing with our flesh he's not dealing with the flesh he's dealing with us in our soul mm -hmm. if you make the effort to make sure that your soul is connected with your spirit you're going to live the will of god okay so how do you know if your soul is connected to your spirit well you know galatians tells you chapter five live in the spirit walk in the spirit Romans chapter 8 tells you the same thing. Those that live in the Spirit or mind the things of the Spirit, you know, they're, they're going to be above the law of sin and death. Mm. They, don't, they don't live in Romans chapter 7, where why do I do the things I don't want to do and the things I do want to do, I don't do them. Because you haven't gone to Romans 8. There's no oh. condemnation to those who are in Christ okay. Jesus who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. spirit. So we have to continue to walk in the spirit, live in the spirit, mind the things of the spirit, intercede in the spirit, hope in the spirit. Are you catching it? Yeah. 
we need to catch and embrace the heart of the Father in the Spirit. We need to kill and mortify the deeds of the flesh in the Spirit, not our own strength. So how do we do that? It's easy. The first thing in the morning you wake up, just say, in the Spirit. Wow. I'm in the Spirit. I'm Lord, I'm in the Spirit. I'm going to live in the Spirit today. I'm going to live Christ. Because the Spirit is Christ. It's the will of God. Mm-hmm. That's why. The Spirit, we read it in 1 Corinthians 15, 45. When Jesus resurrected, He became a life-giving Spirit. The Spirit that we are connected with is a life-giving Spirit. Mm. And our spirits are connected with His Spirit. It cannot be separated. It's already perfected. But the job of the Spirit now is to connect with the soul and dispense into the soul the life of Christ, to live Christ. The flesh is a servant. It'll obey who's ever in charge. Wow, that's right. But if we're not connected to the Spirit, then the flesh influences our soul, and we start minding our flesh instead of the Spirit of God. So we get out of the will of God. And so a good starting point would be to like a practical way, pray, renew our minds, obviously. Right. Okay. With the Word of God. Right. Okay. Yeah. Renew our minds so that we connect with the good will, acceptable will. We accept His will in our soul. Mm. Okay. The good will we, we know is in the Spirit, mm-hmm. but we accept it in our soul. Wow. That's okay. where the work needs to be done. Yes. Okay. And once we accept it in our soul, then it's perfected in our flesh. Mm. Our flesh is not going to be perfected completely until we leave this planet. That's glorification. We will receive a brand new body. That's, that's the consummation of the perfecting of our flesh, mm. our body. The perfecting of our soul is taking place right now. And it will be if we will cooperate with God and let him help us grow and develop. Mm. And so the, the key is, are you, you know, it's not about doing. Mm. That's what we want to discern about the will of God. What am I supposed to do? The will of God is not about doing. The will of God is about being. Who wow. am I supposed to be? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. embodying that that Christ. And if you are connected with the spirit, your soul is connected with, you know, your soul is your mind, your emotions, your will, your decisions and all. If that's connected with the spirit of God, you're going to fulfill the will of God. Mm, Okay. If you're not connected, it's not going to happen. You're going to walk outside of the will of God and be influenced by your flesh and the appetites of the flesh and the old creation. The old nature. Wandering in the desert. Yeah. So the goal has to be to stay in the Spirit. Mm. To live in the Spirit. To walk in the Spirit. To stay connected to the Spirit. You know? To give your mind over to the Spirit. To help guide your decisions. Um, And and that's something that you, you practice daily. 
You know, it's it's not something you automatically attain just because you prayed the prayer mm-hmm. or somebody laid hands on you. It, it's something you have to be aware of. You've got to get dressed every morning. Mm-hmm. I need to get dressed in the spirit. Exercise. I need spirit. to take a shower in the spirit. I need to have breakfast in the spirit. <laughs> I need to go, whatever it is, I got to mm-hmm. go to work in the spirit. I, I, I definitely want to be in church in the spirit. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. We've got to start renewing our mind. That if just you show up, that's okay, but you're going to miss all the glory. You're going to find yourself uh, in sin, which is Satan's information network, S-I-N. Wow. (laughs) And make wrong decisions. Because he's got wrong information for you waiting. So (laughs) So good. I I, I don't know I don't know if I made sense or not, but... No, that's good, Ernie. Thank you. I'm just giving you what I practice, what I'm doing right now, what God's opening up to me to help me understand. Don't just every day wake up and either say I'm in the Spirit or, Oh, Lord, help me. Help me, yeah. Yeah, Because I've done that too, where I can't even pray in the Spirit. I'm praying, God, I call on your name, Lord. I'm waking up on the wrong side of the bed. Yes. Yeah. Lord, I'm calling. I need you. I'm calling on your name right now. I, yeah. I know. I'm like, I feel like I eat gorilla cookies. <laughs> you know, mercy. 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 Yeah. You know, I'm like, uh, but, but nevertheless, you begin to um, operate in that and, and it takes you to a higher level. Mm-hmm. Where now your prayer life changes drastically. Wow. And you stop praying for yourself. It doesn't mean you don't need prayer. But you understand the level you're walking in. Mm-hmm. And that you, you've been given uh, a, you know, uh, an authority over your territory and your assignment that you're carrying that is very powerful. And so now, even your prayers trying to get answers and solutions and strategies for situations start to shift. Yeah. And, and you start praying some crazy prayers. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. Like, Lord, I don't have the money for the rent, right. but I'm not going to worry about it. Yeah. It's not on me. You're my provider. Yeah. You take care of me. Um, you already have this. So I'm just going to rest. That doesn't mean I'm lazy. Mm-hmm. I'm not being irresponsible. I'll do what I've got to do and what, whatever, you know, you guide me into and, and whatever, you know, you want to utilize. Uh, but you're the one who's paying my bills. Mm-hmm. You're taking care of my wife, my children. Yeah. You're, you're, you're going to guide me. But I'm not the one that's going to make it all happen. You're going to do it through me. Right. You're going to give me the ability to multitask. You're going to give me boldness to say things I need to say sometimes that maybe I wouldn't in the past mm. or go or do something. And all of a sudden, it, it the Holy Spirit starts pushing you mm. to accomplish what needs to get done for whatever need there is to happen to take place. Yeah. Then you look back and you go, how did you do that, Lord? How did you get me to do that <laughs> or say that to that person at the right moment at the right yeah. Because he orchestrates everything and he begins to bring things to you because you're walking in alignment with him and his spirit and his assignment in the kingdom. Mm-hmm. 
And that's all part of the economy that we're talking about. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Ooh. That's all. That's, so good. Aaron. Yeah. And, and we're coming into that. Yeah. And a greater awareness, you know, mm. of on, on a practical way, how do you live that out? What does that look like? Mm. You know, so, so understanding end times and, you know, uh, everything that, that Jesus predicted that's going to happen, that's already done, really that we're just going to walk into encounter experience. We don't know exactly when, where everything is. Um, I, I love what uh, Amba Jade says. Mm -hmm. He said one time the Lord told him, what are you going to do if Jesus doesn't return? Because <laughs> <laughs> he hasn't returned yet. Yeah, right. So what are you going to do meanwhile? That's a good question. It is. What are you going to do if he doesn't come back in your lifetime? Your lifetime, yeah. And you end up dying, going to the grave. <laughs> right? That's a great question, man. Because we've trained people in the church to just be rapture ready. Mm. Escape. Escape. We're getting out yeah. of here. Let's fly away. No, no. It's coming here. Heaven's coming down. Yep. <laughs> it's invading earth. We will eventually enter into a new heaven. Mm. That's coming. That's a reality. It's it's not it's not false. It's not you know, heresy. That's real. But we just don't know what takes place right. until we get there. So we, we, yeah, we are living in days that are so blessed, Joseph, mm -hmm. because the prophets of old and the men of God of old, they wanted, they could taste, and wanted to hear and see the things that we are experiencing right. in the kingdom yeah. <laughs> and we're here we're getting to enter into it and yeah. i'm like wow i didn't do anything to deserve that yeah you know on the contrary i'd right. probably be the last most likely person <laughs> to you know be a, be yeah. a recipient of it but yeah. yet mercy yeah such a humbling thing to think about to be a conduit of christ it and is it's very humbling. Yeah. Yeah. Especially when you know yourself. Yeah. And you know where you've been. But the Lord knows. <laughs> and yet he chooses who he's sovereign. He chooses who he wants sovereign. to raise up. That's it. He'll take the most unlikely. He'll take, you know, hey. person that looks like, you know, that person is worthless. Yeah. Doesn't have anything good to offer or... They, they've wasted their inheritance. Yeah. They already spent it. Yeah. They wasted on riot, righteous, not righteous, but living right, you know, wrong. wrong. Okay? Spending yeah. it all. Wasting. A wasted life. Right. Okay? Because we have three inheritances. We came, right? We got the first inheritance with Adam, okay, that was lost. With the first Adam. Then when we came into this world, we had our own inheritance that we spent. Okay. That, okay, so that one was part of Adam's inheritance. Okay. We did the same thing. Okay, we spent it. Okay, living outside of Christ. Mm -hmm. The second inheritance we receive when we come into Christ and get saved, and we're spending it right now. All right. You get to choose whatever you want to do with the inheritance of God in your life and spend it however you want right now. Uh -huh. 
But the third one comes after when Christ returns and you step into glory. And that one's going to be a full inheritance. That's it's, the kingdom. That's the kingdom. Yeah. yeah. And, and so Ooh. the prodigal son, man, he spent his whole, he thought he was done. He just, he was just happy to come back and be a servant, you know, but his father surprised him and shocked him and said, no. I got a robe for you. I got sandals put on your feet, a ring. Fattest calf. I'm going to kill the fatted calf. We're going to party and we're going to celebrate because yeah. you were dead and you came back to life. Right? He had already spent his inheritance, yeah. but he got another one. It's a picture of us. It is. And the third one's coming. When we step into glory, eternity. So what do we do meanwhile? We need to do everything we can to live Christ. That's it, yeah. In the smallest or the biggest way we can, whatever's required, whatever we're being called to, mm. whoever it is, whatever, we just do it as totally unto Him. In the Spirit. Yeah, in the Spirit. In the Spirit. In, in the, the spirit. spirit. In the Spirit. I'm going to get a T-shirt that says, In the Spirit. There you go. So, hey, maybe we'll change the podcast name to In the Spirit. In the Spirit. <laughs> Yeah, stay in the spirit, you know, because <laughs> as long as you're in the spirit, you're not under the law, you yeah. know, it's just the reason why we feel so condemned is we're not in the spirit, right? So we have condemnation. Yeah. It's the strongholds that are in our head. Yes. Yeah. Yes. That's another topic, but <laughs> another topic altogether. Ernie. Well, man. I really enjoyed today. Such and a privilege, man, to just sit here. Such a nice day today, too. Amen. You know? Amen. Thank God for that. Amen. Um, listeners, we love you. Thank you so much for the support. We know this is a, a, a very, very rich topic, so if, if there are questions, please reach out to us. We don't have the answers, but we can have a response, hopefully. So... Who knows? Maybe it'll turn into a, a question and response episode. Um, depends on your guys' feedback. So appreciate you guys. We love you. God bless you. And walk in the I spirit. I had a great time. God walk bless in the you. Spirit. Love you, Ernie. Love you too.